Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome into the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I'm Ben George, along with Bree Reyes. She is an investor coach and certified financial planner. That's this financial. Got a good show for you today, talking about cash flow and managing expenses. But Bree, first, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We, uh, you know, for the just to be transparent, this is our second go through, and we had been talking. And I realized I'd not been recording you, but we learned in our first go through that uh, you were only early in your coffee not only one cup today early in my cup, coffee huh? and so are you so this is the Apparently. reason that we're on go through number two hi guys hi the, everybody the, see we're truly honest about stuff that goes on here in the podcast we don't try to sugarcoat too much no but i will tell you i'm actually feeling okay i've got a little bit of allergies right now because we've had some really weird weather in texas um for example i think today it's going to be up to 105 potentially or it's going to feel like it's 105 and then tonight we're going to have thunderstorms and this has been kind of the way the last two weeks have gone, which is my allergies are seasonal or and I, I know about them compared to dad right now. I am doing fantastic. Tim had Tim way back earlier in the year has had some issues and God love him. He lost a crown or a tooth in um, some coconut cream pie was not the coconut cream pie's fault. Hmm. Of course. And and Nate was sitting right next to him. We were at Carson's, our favorite deli here in Fort Worth. And Nate was sitting next to him. He's like, Grandpa, the tooth fairy's gonna come. And grandpa's like, You don't understand. When the when you're older, you pay the tooth fairy. When you're younger, the tooth fairy pays you. Uh. So um he finally got that fixed. And right about the time he got his the tooth situation straightened out, um, he developed a rash, like this crazy, itchy rash rash mm. and it's not just on one part of his body it moves it migrates it's on his scalp uh, so we went to his doctor and his doctor's like well you must have tried some new soaps so go back and take you know do all the elimination so they did all that doctor was no help went to a dermatologist dermatologist was like i don't know do you know eliminate everything they did that mm. heck they they left their house they went to a hotel they went to hotels they've done everything they can do Long story short, dad just did some allergy testing last week, came back and we got the results back on Friday. He is allergic to nickel, nickel. which wow. was used in the bonding, I think, of that tooth. Hmm. So That's now crazy. we don't know what to do. So he's still itching like crazy. He looks like he has fleas. I mean, the man cannot stop itching Jeez. and it's driving my mom nuts. I'm sure. Because <laughs> she's watching him in pain going, don't itch yourself. You're making it worse. <laughs> He's, poor dad's not even sleeping. So oh, I man. got him into a dear friend of mine who's a PA, dermatology PA on Saturday. So And today's Friday. So it's just tomorrow. And she is a rash nerd, something I didn't know about her until this entire situation popped up. And so she is like rolling out the red carpet for dad tomorrow. He has no idea what he's about to get into. <laughs> a ration nerd. I don't think I've ever heard that before. I, I hadn't either. But she's like, tell me, did they test him for this? Did they do this? <laughs> and she, I just start. She's it was all in text message. But I start getting these like big essays about did they do this and what type of 
you know, biopsy did they take? Did they take this type of biopsy? Did they take? I was like, Ashley, you and dad just need to sit down together. Yeah. I was like, if you can make him feel better, he won't care. And then she made, then she asked the question that makes every Estes on the planet roll over in their grave. Uh-oh. Has he gone gluten free? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, Ashley, I don't think he's, he's, I don't, I, I know for a fact he hasn't done that one yet. Hmm. And she's like, yeah, that might be a step we might have to take. Oh, I was boy. like, good. You can tell that mm. you, you tell him that, not me. <laughs> That's pretty wild. How often do you discover new allergies later in life? I mean, even beyond, you know, your twenties even. I don't, I don't, well, I do, Do but I get terrible sinus infections. And that's the reason that they called me initially. Like dad was trying to deal with it on his own, but I think his doctors are incompetent. That is Medicare for you people. Uh, They just like to pass you off to somebody else. So I have allergies that have modified and changed, but I stay on top of mine a little bit more because of the fact that I have chronic sinusitis or chronic chronic sinus infections. Mm -hmm. So I have to be on top of my allergies constantly or I will just be down and out. But dad is now, he's walking around. I said, I've never had allergies in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, well, congratulations, my friend. You do, you have, you just have never either had enough exposure that it caused your body to do this or you've never paid attention to it, but we're fixing it. Yeah. Well, hopefully he doesn't have to go gluten-free. It doesn't sound like that would be a path he'd want to take. So It's going to be an interest. If we go that direction, it's going to be interesting. Dad's done it before. He's done it for diet purposes. He could do it again. He's just not a heck of a lot of fun to be around <laughs> without breads. Yeah. All right. I feel him. I feel him. <laughs> I'm sure many people do. Well, hopefully he gets better. I'm glad it sounds like he's got the right person going to be helping him out tomorrow. So hopefully he gets some positive news on that front. I'm hoping so, too, because he is over the moon. Well, she's over the moon about having a new rash to pick and look and do. And he's over the moon about maybe somebody will actually help. And I'm just sitting back going, you two have met each other a thousand times. Why did this? Why did it take you four months before we're able to actually get you two together? But mm-hmm. apparently four months is the amount of pain dad can tolerate before reaching out. <laughs> now we know his limit. All right, uh, let's get into it, Bree. Today on the show, as I mentioned, we're talking about retirement cash flow. So very important. If you have questions for us when we uh, finish up or as we go through, want to give Bree a call. It's 817-444-8402 or log on estisfinancial.net. But uh, there's a couple parts to cash flow. We want to really pay attention to expenses today and explore, you know, many expenses you're going to have and then how they might change quite a bit in retirement and kind of help you prioritize uh, these different factors that impact your cash flow. So, Brie, let's talk about some of the expenses then. I know we don't think about maybe all, all these expenses that might change quite a bit in retirement, but there are quite a few that will change dramatically, right, one way or the other. Right, and they're not all bad. Like, everybody hears the word expenses, or when, when I start talking cash flow with people, they all freak out. Nobody likes a budget. Um, most people are not good at sticking to a budget the average American doesn't have a budget. So when I bring up expenses in retirement, people assume that I'm going to tell them, no, you have to stop spending. That's not it. We just have to plan for them. So some of expenses that might drastically change in retirement, the first one might be housing expense. Uh, Some people may have paid off their mortgage or be close to paying off their mortgage, so they might have some extra cash flow. That's Hey, that's a positive. Yeah. Others might buy a second home or or a new house and 
find an increase in their housing expenses. That's fine too, as long as you plan for it. And in fact, we I spent time this week with a couple trying to decide they're buying a new house in retirement. They just retired literally two months ago. And they're trying to buy a new house. And we're looking at mortgage interest rates. We're looking at their 401k or TSP, actually, in this case. We're, we're kind of talking through scenarios and strategies. So, um, But they're also downsizing. They're just downsizing to a new area. So the, the amount of cash they're spending is the same. And then people have the question about d- downsizing and if it's going to have a big at- impact on expenses. My whole philosophy nowadays, especially with some of the interest rates we've locked in on some of our mortgages so far, it's hard to downsize right now and not end up and end up in a better financial situation than you were in before. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I was unfortunately talking with one of our clients who recently had had lost her spouse not that long ago. And she's paying $2,500 a month for her house. And we looked online to see what an apartment would look like at $2,500 a month. And it is, it's a very different standard of living and one that she wasn't willing to move into. And and I get that. I understand that. But coming with, you know, coming back to 2,500 or the the size of her house that she has now, the 3,000 square foot house that she has now, like you're paying, she's paying to heat and cool a second story that she's not even walking into. So it's it's factors like that that we've got to take into consideration because there's more than just expenses on just the house itself. We've got to talk utilities. We've got to talk property taxes. And there's a gigantic myth that once you hit a certain age, your property taxes disappear. Like you don't have to pay them anymore. Hmm. Um, I'm hearing this more and more. I'm like, what age is that? What magical number do property taxes just disappear at? Because I want to be that. It's not that they disappear. It means that certain property tax, certain parts of the property tax, not all of it, at least here in Tarrant County, get frozen at a specific age. But oh, by the way, you have to fill out that form. It's not magic. Okay. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to actually do some work. They don't on do it for part. you. Yeah. So many people think everything is just magic and just going to happen. Hmm. So that's something to think about. So housing. There's some pros. There's some cons. Sometimes you may save some money in retirement. Sometimes you might spend a little more. It's okay either way as long as we've planned for it. Right. So housing's kind of the first, and it's a it's a it could be a bigger one uh, for sure. But there's for most people it is a bigger one. For most people, it's a good chunk of their well their overall financial plan is Mm -hmm. the equity they have in their home. Right. It's usually people's most largest like largest physical asset. That's for sure. But sometimes their largest investment asset as well. Yeah. What other expenses, Bree, do you, do you see that change quite a bit? Mm. The work crap is gone. And what do I mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the stuff all of us hate. We're not making the commute. So we're not spending so much on gas. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not having to buy the clothes that you get to wear to work. I had one client one time, this was a few years ago, they had a, uh, a suit burning party for their Hmm. retirement party. They had a big fire pit in their backyard and they burned all their suits. Now that was, I thought maybe burn one and then donate the rest. If you really need to do that, (laughs) I mean, don't be completely wasteful, but I understood the sentiment. Like I am not putting on another suit in my life unless someone is getting married or dying. Yeah. Cool. Totally awesome. So their wardrobe budget obviously went downhill or, you know, they saved some money there. Also eating out, we didn't, sometimes we don't have lunch out every day. You actually have time to cook. 
So these can all be really great ways to save money in your budget that most people don't expect until they they get retired. Okay. The other thing is is well, another area where unfortunately retirement expenses don't go down usually is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an area that needs fixing, in my opinion. Uh, this is sometimes people like to put this in the lowered expenses column when retirement hits and it's a giant mistake because even if medicare premiums are less than what your what your plan was maybe when you were working you know your medicare premium is less most people 97 percent of people need a medicare supplement and medicare supplement is one of the few areas of healthcare where they can still discriminate against pre-existing conditions and Mm. that can cost more so i tell people you got it Estimate the cost of healthcare raising in retirement, not going down. Yeah. We're yeah, working on it, but it's one of those things. Taxes. Mm. Um, mm. As we've talked about on the show a lot, taxes don't necessarily go down in retirement. I mean, you may not have as much taxable income coming in, but the tax, you are, you are not in control of the tax brackets. That is Congress. So you taxes are one of those that are kind of hard to play with in retirement. It's it's a personal belief. Do you believe taxes are going to be cheaper in the next 10 years? I firmly do not believe taxes are going to go down. Right. And so then you have to figure out where your taxable income is going to fall moving forward. Okay. We also don't have to save for retirement anymore when we're retired. Good I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, it, that seems like something that should just like automatic. But you would not believe the number of people who go, would I have to put money in my 401k but, but, or TSP? But, 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 but you, you aren't working anymore. So there's mm. no TSP or 401k mm. to put money into. And that's a weird, like you cannot contribute anymore. And that's a weird thought process for a lot of people. But we don't need to worry about saving anymore. I mean, we can save some, but we don't need to worry about saving a huge chunk. Uh, you're not going to be funding your IRAs. You're not going to be funding your 401ks anymore. Uh, travel and leisure. This is an area where people tend to blow in retirement, at least for the first few years. I have some clients, you know who you are, who have done a world around the world trip this year. I have other clients that she literally sent me her, her, I guess Southwest Airlines had a fair sale and she bought tickets for seven flights or something the other day and sent me her itinerary. I th- I'm going to try to fit in one of her suitcases. Um <laughs> So like this travel, travel can be expensive. That's one of the things that we're seeing right now. Flights are full and airfare isn't, there's not many sales. No. Insurance. Um, Some insurance plans you don't need anymore. Others you still need. So it's time to take a look at, do I need disability anymore? Do I need long-term care insurance? This is something that it could increase into retirement. So this is an area we got to look at. And then we got to look at our really what we're spending. And I break this down into two categories. Musts. I must have AC in Texas in the summer. That's, that's a must for me. <laughs> and nice to haves. So the must is the housing, the health care, the food, transportation, that type of thing. The nice to haves, travel and leisure, self-care activities, some self-care activities are in musts and everybody's list is a little bit different, but it's good to just kind of break down your budget that way. That way, you know, if stuff gets hard, what is going to be easier for you to give up? Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to do this with everything in life, right? We have to prioritize what we 
truly need and what, uh, you know, if we have enough money is nice to have. And so you have to break that down in retirement as well. So you kind of look through these expenses as we have and, and help do that for, for the clients you work with. Are there any other expenses, Bree, besides kind of these, these core ones we've talked about, some things that might actually factor into cash flow, cash flow problems for people? Of course, we have um, issues with inflation. That's when someone's a do-it-yourselfer, that's usually the areas that they mess up are longevity. <laughs> hmm. Everybody's only going to live as long as they want to live. And that's not quite how this works. And I had a guy in here the other day who doesn't know my family's story and doesn't know that my husband's grandfather suffers from dementia. And so he's a little callous about this. We were talking about it. And he said, well, you know, if something happens to me, I'm just going to wander out in the woods and take care of myself. And my first thought was, please leave the police a note so they don't just assume your wife shot you because, you know, come on, that's only polite. And two, I'm sure my grandfather-in-law, knowing how strong he is, thought he might do the same thing. But dementia is one of those weird things that sleeps in pretty slowly. And by the time you're where you don't want to be, it's already happened. So uh, nobody gets out of here alive. A, that's a good thing to remember. But B, you aren't going to have as much control over your timeline as you feel like you're, you might. So yeah. we need to think about 20, 30 years longer in retirement. That's just the way the world works. Inflation. God, I remember when I bought my first tank of gas in my car and I was 16. <laughs> Mom and dad gave me five bucks. It more than filled up my tank. It also bought candy. Um, yeah, no. That's, funny. that's one thing. <laughs> I mean, they gave me five bucks for the month. That was the whole thing. They that's gave, one they, thing. You know, like, come I know. on. We'll, we'll tell our it kids work. and they'll never like believe. Yeah, you could put five dollars no. in a tank of gas and, and you'd be good for, for a week. <laughs> for, for, for two weeks. I mean, come on. It's. We're, we're seeing inflation now at the grocery store. It's been probably worse right now than it has been in 10 years or so, but it always existed. And it exists in different sectors, different ways. Think about cell phones. There's never been a time that cell phones have ever been cheap. And it seems like every time mine bricks out, because I do keep them until they brick out and you know you no longer get updates, and then I go buy a new one. And I'm like, what is this thing now? A gr like two grand, four, like what have we done? Hmm. So... Inflation's always a problem. Investment returns. Yes, we can talk about a historical average of the market, and we do talk about that sometimes, but uh, it depends. Markets dip. They have downturns. They have all kinds of things, and that's why I like to use Monte Carlo assumptions, where it looks at a thousand different market conditions, good markets, bad markets, good markets in the beginning, then bad markets, bad markets in the beginning, then good markets when I run financial planning scenarios for people. Um, because investment returns are important and emergencies. Nobody wants to think about a tornado hitting your roof or your house. We don't. Um, and then we think, oh, insurance will cover it. Well, let me tell you, insurance will eventually kick in, but are they going to replace it to the level you want your house replaced? No, that's not what insurance's job is. Nor is it going to start paying within 24 hours, which is really kind of when we need it. So keep some money on the sidelines. Emergency money is always important. And I'm saying tornadoes because I think we're under a tornado watch again today. Oh, geez. Watch your warning. We have the ingredients for a tornado. The tornado has not been fully formed. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing to think about. But 
And all these things are important to talk with a certified financial planner about. That is the best way to kind of figure out cash flow planning because they're going to see, I mean, I see different things every day from different clients and have way more experiences with that than most people. So I may remind you, be able to remind you, hey, what what inflationary rate were you using? Oh, you were using 0% inflation. Well, that's never going to happen. Or 1% inflation. Come on now. Yeah. Let's pull that out to a reasonable number. Or, hey, you have saved way too much money over here in the, the health insurance column. I, you know, Do you want to take some trips? Do you want to travel? What can we do to get you out there and have the retirement you want? And that's what having a financial planner, certified financial planner or financial coach does is we help coach you through these questions. We talk through them through with you because each person has different wants and needs and desires and thoughts on retirement. Yep. Well, so important to have someone that helps you with this and can coach you along. Is there anything else, Bree, you'd want to add in terms of kind of how you help uh, your clients manage their cash flow and, and create this consistent uh, cash flow that they need in retirement? Yes, we just developed a retirement checklist okay. that will help people as they're entering retirement or getting close to retirement, you know, make sure they have gone through the steps, done the things that get them ready for retirement. And if you want a copy of that, do me a favor, shoot me an email, info, I-N-F-O, at Estes Financial, E-S-T-E-S-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L dot net. And we'll get you a copy of that. And that's good for anyone getting ready for retirement, just to make sure they have all, all their kind of boxes checked off. And yes. And if you're a federal employee, let me know because we actually have a different one for federal employees. Awesome. Take advantage of that again. Great resource uh, and great tools that Brie and her team offer you just for listening to the podcast. All right, Brie, time for a little getting to know you as we like to do on the show. i got a question for you today. Ooh, this always scares me. Let's see what you think about this one. All right. If you had to live... I always wish I wasn't as honest with you all as I am. <laughs> well, we appreciate the honesty. That's what keeps people turning I, I back. I know. I'm, I am on open book. I there's I don't pull punch as much as I tell everybody, but man, oh man, this is the worst part. I like the financial <laughs> questions, the personal stuff that makes, that makes me feel like I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> well, this one won't be too difficult, I don't think. Uh, if you had to live for the rest of your life in just one place that you traveled to before, where would you choose? Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Oh, look, how easy that question was today. That's Where, part of the reason Nate's middle name is Santiago. Ah, okay. Um, this is a beautiful city in the Galician region of Spain, and my, Span my Spanish is terrible, so I would have to learn Spanish, but it is a beautiful old fort city, and it has one of the most gorgeous Catholic churches I've ever been to, Catholic cathedrals I've ever been to. Um, and no, I'm not Catholic. But I appreciate the religion. And it's just um, this, it's part of the, the pilgrimage, also known as the way. Sometimes it's referred to different, different ways. Um, and, and the reason that it is part of the pilgrimage is they have the shrine of St. James in the cathedral. Hmm. And it's part, it's one of the UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Beautiful climate, which right now, <laughs> talking about the weather in Tarrant County or in Fort Worth is making me really miss it. It's very moderate climate. Hmm. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's been, the city is been around since 813. 
I mean, wow. it's 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 That's historical. Wrong. It's beautiful. The people are lovely, and because of the fact that it is part of the pilgrim, the pilgrimage, or the way um, of Saint James, uh, which is something we'll keep. I'll be doing pretty soon, n- next couple of years. Uh, we because we told ourselves we we have always wanted to do that. They're used to tourists. So your Spanish doesn't have to be perfect. They're very, very welcoming to you. It's one of those like traditional European towns, though old towns with narrow winding streets. All the buildings are historic. It's They've got a great nightlife. The food is awesome. When Joaquin and I went there a number of years ago, it was in the middle of a festival. And next thing I knew, we were eating fish that had been cooked over an open fire in, on a street and dancing and then jumping over the fire. <laughs> it's just magical. Santiago is just magical. That sounds amazing. I can picture it. Uh, those old European towns are, they're truly an experience if you haven't done it before. Highly recommend it. it. It's Santiago de Compostela is a, a fabulous, wonderful town and just beautiful area. And the history is just so amazing. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'd want to live. All right, put it and on And the my fact list. that it, it's not 105 is also lovely, but <laughs> it does get cooler than it does here in Texas. That's not a problem, for sure. All right, let's get uh, one more question from the mailbag before we close out today's episode of the podcast. We have one for Mike. I want to ask you here, Bree. We have over $100,000 in our savings account, and it drives me crazy to see that money just sitting there doing nothing. I want to buy a new truck, but my wife isn't on board with that plan because she's... <laughs> Says having that money in the bank makes her feel secure. I think this is, uh, I know this, where this one's going. Um, I think this how, might be leading to some marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> how much cash do we need? And how do I convince her that this is too much money that's just collecting dust? I'm not the crazy one here, right? Uh-oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I'm never calling anybody crazy. Uh, Mike, <laughs> what you're not understanding fully in this, and I am not a marriage counselor. I just play one on TV. But what you're not fully understanding here is your wife has a sense of comfort that she needs to, she, or a sense of insecurity, and she needs a, a certain amount of cash in the bank to deal, to, to make herself feel comfortable. So we have to acknowledge that. Is it right or is it wrong? That's, that's not, a, not stepping on that landmine, my friend. But maybe you have, maybe the conversation needs to be between you and your wife of why do you feel like you need this much? What would make you comfortable? What do you, where do you, what are your fears? You two need to have that conversation between the two of you because she has some money hangups that you're not understanding. And rather than acknowledge or try to understand and try to help her work through, you're calling her crazy, my friend. Mm. No bueno. Now, you want to take money and you want to buy an, a depreciating asset, if I understand right, a new truck. Mm-hmm. Do you work in construction? Is there a reason we need the two new truck? How is your other car? How much do you have in 401ks? What you know? Do you guys have other emergency savings? Is this all your emergency savings? Have you planned for retirement? Have you planned for kids' college? Like, let's let's answer some other questions here before we jump to we're going to buy a depreciating asset. <laughs> so this, I'm not. I, I, Mike, I don't mean to sound picking like I'm picking on you. I'm really, really not. I'm just trying to figure out if everything has been handled first. Do I think you probably have too much cash? Do I think you have more cash in the bank than you may need? Probably, maybe. The good rule of thumb is we used to say three to six months if you both are working, but right now I like six to nine months of 
essential expenses. That's mortgage. That's air conditioner. I mean, that's electricity. That's that's your essential expenses in the bank. Anything on top of that could be invested um, or set aside to for growth, not necessarily um, to depreciate the minute you drive it off the lot. But if you've done all the growth, if you've done all the other stuff, you've done all the growth, you've got all your other accounts as maxed out as they can be, then sure, buy the truck. I get it. But the conversation needs to go back to you and your wife on what levels are you both comfortable with having money in the bank and why? Right. I mean, your your wife may have grown up poorer with the electricity turned off a few times when she was a child. You don't know. Or maybe she's never shared. Yeah. And and she she may have a fear out there that is perfectly understandable and perfectly respectable. And so this is the conversation that you two have to have. It also seems to me, Bree, there's probably some middle ground between, hey, I want to save a bunch of money or let's just spend it because I'm tired of just seeing it sit there. There's got, I feel like there's something <laughs> in between that too. There's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a middle way. Um, and that's part of it. And, and really, I think most... Because as much work as I do in divorce, I think most marriages could be saved with a lot of uh, conversation up front when something like this pops up. Right. It's uncomfortable. Trust me, uncomfortable conversation. Nobody is super excited about it, but it's way better than filing for divorce later on. Good time to remind people, too, that you are a certified divorce financial analyst as well. So you've definitely seen these kind of discussions quite a bit through I have, your years. I, every day. Yeah. Every day, my friend, I'd rather have the uncomfortable conversation up front. Right. Well, Mike, we're glad that you sent it in uh, and glad you asked that. But if you want to follow up with Bree to sit down and actually kind of see what options you might have and, and try to find a, a middle ground for you both, you can always do so by calling 817-444-8402. Also, reach out and get that retirement checklist if you haven't done that. Take advantage of that. Uh, just uh, shoot Bree an email or log on estesfinancial.net to get in touch and request that. She'll send it right out to you. Bree, thanks for the time as always today, and uh, we hope Tim feels better. Well, and everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.